Luke chapter 5, verses 12 to 32. While Jesus was in one of the towns, a man came along who was covered with leprosy. When he saw Jesus, he fell with his face to the ground and begged him, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him. Then Jesus ordered him, don't tell anyone, but go, show yourself to the priest and offer the sacrifices that Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them. Yet the news about him spread all, all the more. So the crowds of people came to hear him and to be healed of their sicknesses. But Jesus offered, often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. One day, as he was teaching, Pharisees and teachers of the law who had come from every village of Galilee and from Judea and Jerusalem were sitting there, <clears throat> and the power of the Lord was present for him to heal the sick. Some men came carrying a paralytic on a mat and tried to take him into the house to lay him before Jesus. When they could not find a way to do this because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and lowered him on his mat through the tiles into the middle of the crowd, right in front of Jesus. When Jesus saw their faith, he said, friend, your sins are forgiven. The Pharisees and the teachers of the law began thinking to themselves, who is this fellow who speaks blasphemy? Who can forgive sins but God alone? <clears throat> Jesus knew what they were thinking and he asked, why are you thinking these things in your heart? Which is easier, to say your sins are forgiven or to say get up and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, he said to the paralysed man, I tell you, get up, take your mat and go home. Immediately he stood up in front of them, took what he had been lying on and went home praising God. Everyone was amazed and gave praise to God. They were filled with awe and said, we have seen remarkable things today. <clears throat> After this, Jesus went out and saw a tax collector by the name of Levi sitting at his tax booth. Follow me, Jesus said to him. And Levi got up, left everything and followed him. Then Levi held a great banquet for Jesus at his house. And a large crowd of tax collectors and others were eating with them. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law who had belonged to their sect complained to the, his disciples, why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? And Jesus answered them, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Father God, we... Pray that your spirit will guide us through this morning's passage, uh, that you would convict our hearts, that you would reveal the areas in our lives where we have been able to see other people's sin, where we've been able to see the wrongs that others have done because they're offensive to us, but where we haven't been able to see our own sin, our own blindness. We pray that you would give us eyes to see and ears to hear, not so that we would become burdened and downcast, but so that we would find joy in the hope we have received through Christ Jesus. And we pray this in his name. 
Amen. Now on June the uh, 25th, which was not last Monday, but the Monday before, an African-American man named George Floyd was suffocated whilst being arrested by four police officers, white police officers, mind you, in, in Minnesota, in America. Now, as you would know, George Floyd was an African-American man and uh, there was something a little bit suspicious, according to the media, about his death. The following day, the four officers were, were, were fired and uh, racial tensions across America have exploded. Since then, there's been violence and protesting all throughout the United States. And in a time when America really desperately needs good leadership, their president chose instead to put on a good show for the media. Now, on Monday, just last Monday, just one week after Floyd's death, and while there were still lots of violent protests going on around America, President Trump uh, deployed a heavily armed group of police officers in full riot gear on a peaceful group of protesters who were just protesting nearby the White House. The officers deployed tear gas and used rubber bullets to get rid of the crowd, to disperse them. And in the process, he, they injured many people. All this so that Trump could stand outside a church and put on a good show for the media. As Trump calmly walked into the newly cleared area as though nothing had happened, he awkwardly posed in front of a church with a Bible, holding it as though he had never ever seen or held one before in his life. Standing outside that church, which had its windows boarded up because it had been damaged from all of the violent protests that had happened earlier, Trump displayed this book for the cameras. And while posing with this Bible, uh, one of the reporters asked him, is that your Bible? To which Trump replied, it is a Bible. While standing in front of the church, Trump said nothing else about why he was there or the importance of that place or why he'd even cleared the crowd. He simply posed for the photos and then calmly walked back to the White House. He had just heartlessly had peaceful protesters violently removed from the area, all so that he could have photos taken of him in front of a church holding a Bible. These protesters, these peaceful protesters, have serious concerns for their nation. The racial tensions in America are very real, and yet Trump had them removed without any concern for the individuals involved. His actions demonstrated that these people, to him, these people who were hurting, who were concerned for their nation, were nothing more than obstacles in his way. He showed a, a callous disregard for those who were hurting right in front of his eyes. In this morning's passage, Jesus shows his love for the leper, the lame and the lost, whilst the Pharisees and the teachers of the law look on in indignation 
To them, those sinners were nothing more than obstacles in their way. They had no concern for these hurting individuals and they were callously willing to turn them away. Are there times in our lives when we are tempted to only see the outward sins of others instead of the hurting person within? We are often quite good at hating sins, hating these sins, but do we remember to love the sinner even when it's really uncomfortable? Are we quick to write others off for sexual immorality, for drunkenness or other sins that we find particularly offensive? In this morning's passage, Jesus challenges the religious leaders in both word and deed as he reaches out to the socially outcast, to those the religious leaders had written off and brings them into the kingdom of God through the good news that Jesus brings. So let's get into this morning's passage. Uh, the first section we're looking at is verses 12 to 16. In those verses, Jesus heals a man with leprosy. Now when we hear the word leprosy in the Bible, we don't always grasp the pain of this disease. And I'm not just referring to the physical pain in Leviticus 13, it says, the person with such an infectious disease must wear torn clothes, let his hair be unkept, cover the lower parts of his face and cry out, unclean, unclean. As long as he is, has the infection, he remains unclean. He must live alone and he must live outside the camp. To have leprosy in those times was to experience the absolute worst kind of social isolation. We can only imagine the pain of having to cry out, unclean, unclean, anytime you got near someone. And to have people looking at you, staring at you and moving back every time you came near as though you were an obstacle in their way. But to this socially outcast man with leprosy, this pain was all too real. This was how he had to live. And so when this man with leprosy heard that Jesus was nearby, he sought him out so that he might be made clean. And in the process, he got far more than he was expecting. As he approached Jesus, he fell with his face to the ground and begged Jesus, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Notice the faith in these words. This man understood that Jesus has the power to heal and his posture showed the reverence and respect that he was giving the Lord. And as the man declared this faith in Jesus, Jesus reached out his hand and touched him and said, I am willing, be clean. And immediately the leprosy left the man. It's very significant that Jesus touched him. To touch a leper was to make oneself ritually unclean. 
in this act of love, Jesus provides us with a picture of what he did for us on the cross. Jesus showed that he was willing to become ritually unclean by touching this man so that he might make him clean, so that he might restore this man, not only from his leprosy, but also from the sin that had been making him unclean, that had been separating him from God. After Jesus had done this, he ordered the man uh, not to tell anyone about it. As often was the case in the New Testament, uh, those who had been healed weren't very good at keeping a secret. Mark's Gospel tells us that the man went out and told everyone he saw. And because of this, the news spread about Jesus all throughout that region. In verses 17 to 26, Jesus heals a man who was lame. As Jesus was teaching a group in, in a house in Galilee, many Pharisees and teachers of the law had come to see what Jesus was saying. They were basically auditing what Jesus was teaching. And while Jesus was speaking, some men were trying to find their way to bring a lame friend, a, a paralytic friend, before Jesus. At first they weren't able to find any way into the home because there was such a big crowd. There was no social distancing going on in this house. But their faith in the power of Jesus spurred them on. They headed up onto the roof, they removed the layer of dirt that was commonly on those roofs and they pulled up tile after tile after tile. This wasn't something that happened in a few minutes. This took a bit of time. And so you can imagine those in the crowd in this house underneath them, obviously, probably getting very cranky with all the dirt and debris that was falling on their heads, while others might have been getting frustrated that these men were cutting in line. But as Jesus saw their faith, he said, your sins are forgiven. The Pharisees and the teachers of the law heard this and they were offended by Jesus' words. They thought to themselves, who is this fellow who speaks blasphemy? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But Jesus knew that what they were thinking. He knew that they were unaffected by the pain and suffering of this man. They saw him as just another obstacle in their way. They didn't think him worthy of their time or effort. And so Jesus said, why are you thinking these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say your sins are forgiven or to say get up and walk? But, but that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralysed man, I tell you, get up, take your mat and go home. With these words, the man got up, took his mat and went home. And as he went home, he went home praising God. He went from someone who was downcast, who was socially outcast, who had no hope, to someone who was rejoicing in the good news of Jesus. And everyone who saw what had happened, as we saw in the kids' chat, were filled with awe and wonder at what they'd seen. Everyone, that is 
except for the Pharisees and the teachers of the law. In verses 23 to 32, Jesus heals the heart of lost Levi. After Jesus left the house where he had healed the lame man, he went out and saw a tax collector named Levi, who was sitting in his tax collector's booth, as you would expect a tax collector to do. Now, in those days, uh, tax collecting was called tax farming. That was the type of, of model that they were using. The Roman Empire would set the amount of taxes required to be collected for a specific region. And whatever a the local tax collector chose to collect above that, they got to keep. And so because of this, Levi was a very, very wealthy man. But that didn't win him any friends. In those days, being a tax collector was considered as sinful as being a harlot and as unclean as being a leper. To be a tax collector in those days was to be a puppet of the Roman Empire and someone who was considered a traitor of God and a traitor to Israel. But as Jesus walked past Levi's tax collector's booth, he simply said, follow me. And Levi got up, he left everything and followed Jesus. Levi left everything. Just as Simon had left everything, including that huge catch of fish in the boat, Levi left everything. By following Jesus, Levi was walking away from his livelihood, his very, very comfortable livelihood in a way that required him to have faith in the one who was asking him to follow him. And to celebrate the forgiveness that he now knew through Jesus, Levi held a banquet for Jesus in honour of Jesus in his home. Now a large crowd came including tax collectors and Pharisees who were eating with them. And the Pharisees, well, they began to complain to Jesus' disciples. Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners, they said? Now, it's interesting, isn't it, that uh, these same self-righteous people who were more than happy to have a free meal at Levi's house were offended that Jesus was eating with tax collectors and sinners. They missed their own hypocrisy. They weren't able to see the sin in their own lives. It didn't even cross their minds that their sin was just as bad as anything Levi had ever done. And yet, while they were busy condemning Levi with their words, they were more than happy to enjoy his food. But when Jesus heard what they had said, he replied, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have come to call the righteous. Oh, sorry, I have not called to come the righteous, to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. What Jesus was saying was that he had come to heal and to restore those who knew their need for a saviour, those who knew they were sick, not those who believed that they were already righteous because of outward appearances or religious observances, but those who have seen the seriousness of their sin and understood their desperate need of a saviour. 
And this morning's passage, Jesus showed love and concern for the outcasts, for those no one else loved. Jesus showed love to these three men who formerly were completely without hope. But through Jesus, they found hope. They found life, not in, just in this life, but in the age to come. Jesus brought them freedom that can only be found in him. But as the Pharisees look on, looked on and saw that what they had worked so hard to achieve, acceptance by God, was being freely offered by Christ, it really upset them. They thought that through religious observances, through pious outward spectacles, they would gain not only the praise of men, but be made right with God. And instead of seeing their need for the Saviour, they too, they became offended by Christ's mercy. And so this morning's passage is teaching us two very practical things. The first is that Jesus came to save sinners. Now, of course, we are all sinners. We have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We all need a saviour, but not everyone knows how serious our sin is. The world is always trying to tell us that we are better than we are, that there is something good inside each of us that will rise to the surface if we will only let it. But the truth is that apart from the Holy Spirit, there isn't any good inside anyone. No good deed that we've ever done was done without wanting something else in return. No pious act that we've done without wanting, at least even in the back of our mind, to receive praise or admiration for. Without the work of the Holy Spirit in our hearts, all we have to offer is the occasional good work done with sinful motives. But the good news is that when we see the seriousness of our sin, we see the depth of how much we have fallen short of God's glory. It's then and only then that we can see how great, how good the mercy that we've been shown through Christ really is. The leper, the lame man and his friends and lost Levi all knew that they had nothing to offer God. They came to him with empty hands, but they left full. They left full of joy, full of hope and full of peace. And so this morning's passage is asking each of us, have we accepted that we need to come to Jesus with empty hands? Have we come to Christ knowing that we have nothing at all to offer? Do we come to Jesus with the expectation, knowing that he wants to fill us with hope and joy beyond our wildest experience or expectations? Jesus came to save sinners, not those who think they have it all together. So that brings us to the second very practical point that this morning's passage is teaching us. This morning's passage is teaching us that Jesus didn't come to call the righteous. 
Now, I don't think when Jesus was saying this, he was saying that there was anyone righteous. Uh, there's only one who has ever, one righteous man who's ever walked this earth, and that was Jesus himself. I think when he was referring to the righteous, he was referring to those who believe that they are righteous, those who cannot see the depth and seriousness of their sin, those who desperately and dangerously want to be judged on the basis of their own good works, those who are so blind that they believe the praise of men is equal to acceptance by God. When Jesus descended into our world in human form, he came to live the perfect life that we could never live and die the death that we deserve to die. Not so that we could trust him for 90% of our salvation and then try and get ourselves over the line with our good works, but so that we could trust him completely, so that we could come to him with empty hands and leave full. so that we can have everlasting life through his sacrifice on our behalf. So let's not miss out on all of the blessings that can be found through Christ Jesus. Let us come to him remembering that, like the sick, we all are in need of healing. Let us come to him with empty hands and let us Bring our friends and our family along as well, who, like the man with leprosy, might be ashamed to come on their own. Let's encourage them. Or like the lame man who might need our help to see Jesus. Or like Levi who just might need to be asked. May we pray for the hearts and the eyes of those around us to see their sin, to realise their desperate need for Jesus. May our actions demonstrate our love for those who are hurting all around us. May our love reflect the love that we have received through our Saviour. May Christ continue to work in our hearts so that we would be more like him. Let's pray now and give Christ thanks for the mercy that we have received through him. Lord Jesus, we all recognise that we, are without your Holy Spirit working in our lives, we would all be utterly lost. Lord, we recognise that even as the Holy Spirit works in our lives, we are not able to be as good, to be as obedient as we would want to be. As our new nature fights with our old sinful nature, Lord, we recognise that your mercy is all of grace, that we bring nothing to the table, that all of it has been done through your love for us. And we pray that as we Remember that, Lord, as we fix our eyes on our inability to save ourselves, that that would remind us of how good the good news of Jesus really is. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.